Today, one subject stands out uh, in the financial markets because the asset in question has broken out to new highs again. Bitcoin. Now, remember the golden rule. What is the most likely thing to follow new highs? And that is more new highs. Should you be buying if you don't yet own any? Yes. Should you be selling if you do own some and taking profit? No. Why? I'll tell you why I think that's the case. It's because you want to maintain exposure to the collective intelligence of Bitcoin. And I have two observations to make about that today. And the first is this. When you buy and hold Bitcoin, you're not just investing in a revolutionary system of money. You are investing in and holding the product of the collective intelligence of some of the brightest minds on the planet. If Bitcoin had its origins in the cypherpunk movement of the late 1980s, we're talking about over 30 years of collective computer genius. Now, you might say the same about holding stock in any tech company. We can only make the cars or the phones or the search engines we make today because of the collective efforts of thousands of human beings over many centuries. But they are still individual companies, centralised. Bitcoin is an open source movement. The collective intelligence and effort voluntarily, voluntarily expended of probably hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions, has gone into Bitcoin over many decades. And I'm not just talking about scientific and technical intelligence, but philosophical, political, promotional, mathematical and more. Everyone who talks about it, everyone who thinks about it, uses it, builds apps or companies around it, is in some way contributing. Attacks strengthen it. <laughs> the network learns and develops as a result. It gets more resilient. Even attacks from journalists strengthen it. If the criticisms are well-founded, someone in the open source movement will address them and the network will improve as a result. Most of the time, the attacks aren't well-founded, uh, however. So we had a, uh, we've got a great example of this this week. The Spectator, uh, the UK magazine, joined pretty much every UK media outlet on the wrong side of the Bitcoin argument when it had someone who neither uses nor understands Bitcoin to hold court about it with a piece called The Bitcoin Delusion. Now, the spectator could have had an accurate, non-speculative article from an outsider to inform its readers, but instead it chose the easy option of getting one of its regular writers to pen something. And I can't say I blame them because it's often a quicker, easier choice. Those kind of companies are under a lot of pressure to produce material. That's how the system's set up with centralised companies in journalism. In the open source movement, however, someone, somewhere will have the time, the expertise and the inclination to write such an article. And as a result, there are thousands, probably millions, of properly informed and expert blogs. Meanwhile, a journo from The Spectator <laughs> is another to join the very long list of Bitcoin obituaries, an open source database of public figures to have declared Bitcoin dead. And thus the network has developed a way of dealing with ill-informed criticism. The critic becomes a laughingstock. It is pure Adam Smith. Nobody's in charge. Everybody acts out of their own self-interest. And as a result, the network as a whole grows stronger. 
Every individual, said Smith, neither intends to promote the public interest nor knows how much he is promoting it. He intends only his own security. And by directing that industry in such a manner as its produce may be of the greatest value, he intends only his own gain. And he is in this, as in many other cases, led by an invisible hand to, to promote an end which was no part of his intention. I remember going to gold conferences back in the noughties and I was deeply persuaded by many of the arguments I heard there about inflation, the Cantillon effect, fiat money and so on. But, with a few exceptions, gold miners are not the brightest bunch. And nor does the body in charge of promoting gold, the World Gold Council, have anything like the same collective drive, imagination and intellect as those in the open source Bitcoin network. Gold may be the oldest, most tangible, most permanent subject on Earth, stardust, the result of perhaps the greatest open source network of all, nature, or even the universe. I mean, it really is. Gold is marvellous, and I advocate, advocate owning it for that very reason. But that's gold itself. Gold's investment network doesn't carry the same youthful vigour, energy, and genius as bitcoins. If you compare the collective intelligence of the gold world to the bitcoin world, the latter is almost infinitely superior. You know, if we ever populate space, we're not going to be sending gold to each other. We could be sending bitcoin, however. The way to get exposure to the collective genius of the open source movement that is bitcoin is to own bitcoin. Now, my second observation is this. If you look at the top 10 cryptocurrencies by market cap four years ago or eight years ago, the list looks very different, but Bitcoin is always top. In 2014, Litecoin was the second biggest coin and Ripple the third. And then there were coins like Peercoin, Namecoin, Omni, Quark, Next, Megacoin. Of those, only Ripple remains in the top 10 coins by market cap and it's 7th. Litecoin is 14th and the others have all but disappeared. Peercoin is 770th. Namecoin 772nd. Omni's 1645th. Quark is even lower than that. Next is 790th and Megacoin is 2281st. And I imagine the developers have all but walked on most of those projects and that they barely trade. Towards the peak of the last cycle, which peaked at the beginning of 2018, the top 10 coins were Ripple, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, Cardano, Litecoin, NEM, Stellar, Tron and IOTA. And here we are three years later and six of them, six, 60%, are no longer in the top 10 coins by market cap. We all want to find the next coin that's going to multi-bag and do 100x. If, if I bought only I bought Solana when that random on the WhatsApp chat told me to last year, you know, I could have paid off the mortgage and retired to the Cayman Islands. If only I'd bought Dogecoin when Elon Musk pumped it or Shiba Inu. Um, stay around for a good time, but not a long time, is the saying used when certain unscrupulous promoters take over mining companies. And the same could be said, said of altcoins. Because in all probability, many of these highly exciting new coins that are promising to do this, that and the other and solve this or that problem will in fact go the way of Megacoin, Omni and Quark. They might go wild in altcoin season, but altcoin season is not forever and the likelihood is that they will die a death. Bitcoin, on the other hand, 
has the network effect. No altcoin has such a collective. This huge collective, as Michael Saylor puts it, of cyber hornets. And that's why you should own some Bitcoin. Um, thank you very much for watching. Please subscribe to my channel. I'll be back with another video very soon. In the meantime, cheerio.